This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about something that I'm challenged with. Uh, it's, and this week and next week we're starting a series like He is Worthy. It's about worship. And uh, I think more than anything in our lives at the moment is uh, what COVID is doing and what's happening in the world. A lot of our conversations is about those things, you know, and uh, vaccines and things. People are so occupied with a lot of things, and especially Christians. I believe one of the biggest distractions is the fact that uh, we're focusing on those things and the church is becoming silent. And um, more than ever, it's time for us to begin to worship. But worship isn't about songs. I think a lot of us are challenged when we think of, especially the worship out of America. You know, uh, it's a massive industry. The songwriting industry, the, most of those um, big companies are not even owned by um, Christians. It's owned by secular people, and they have to produce CDs and all of that stuff. And so more and more, we sort of are challenged as to what is worship. And a lot of people ask, what is community? What is relationship? Uh, There's a lot of comfort that's being challenged, and I believe it's from the Lord. I believe the Lord is allowing this for one reason, for the church to realign or to reset itself as to Are we going to walk in the joy of the Lord? Are we going to say He is our sufficiency? Or are we going to start to get distracted about all these things? You know, 30% of churches in America has closed already. Because you realize maybe they built their churches around around who God is and around real community. I think a lot of churches that don't have proper small groups are struggling at the moment. Because they've built their church around the event of a Sunday. But we have a saying in this church, we say we don't go to church, we are the church. We are the church. And so for us, more important is meeting on a Wednesday, meeting on a Friday, meeting every day with other believers, because we are the church. And what happens here on a Sunday is just a celebration of what God has done through the whole week. And now being there uh, with one of the youth groups there in KZN, And so we were busy praying and, you know, worshiping. And and sometimes we go through the motion, you know. We're just like, oh, one song, two songs, three songs. But we we don't engage our hearts many times with God. And so uh, right in the worship, the Holy Spirit said to me, stop everything because he wants to minister to somebody. And I'm thinking, like, this is awkward. You know, you're new here. Like, let's just, but let's just go for it. You know, rather be obedient to God than just... Um, go through the motions because we become professional Christians. We become very religious even if we sing nice songs, you know. We just, you know, can engage with our mouths and our heads, but our hearts can be far from God. And so right in that moment, this, uh, I just felt the Lord gave a word that there's somebody that's been struggling for nine months, and, um, but it's a, it's a lady, it's a girl, and that God has counted every she's wept every night for the last nine months and then everybody went like "Ooh," you know because then this girl came to the front now I'm just visiting there you know I'm not, I don't know anything and what turned out is that this girl and her family uh, her dad was a policeman and he was shot nine months ago and since the last nine months every night she's been weeping for the whole night basically couldn't sleep because that was the other part of the word couldn't sleep had insomnia 
And, um, and so we prayed for, we just stopped everything. We interrupted the service, prayed for her, and it's been 13 days now. She slept every night through the night. I told her, go, go and put on your five alarm clocks, you know, because you're going to need to struggle to wake up because you're going to catch up some sleep that you lost in the last nine months, you know. A whole family has come to know the Lord, mother, brother, everyone, you know. Um, and so, so people are struggling, but, you know, I'm so excited when God begins to move, when God begins to say, hey, let's think a bit outside of the box. Don't just be a religious Christian. So my title, the title is He is Worthy. Will you say that? He is Worthy. Okay, so I'm going to run through a couple of things and see how far we get this week. Colossians 1 verse 16 to 18. You and I have been created to worship. You are going to worship somebody, something. It may become a doctrine. It may become a re relationship that you're in. But every being has been created to worship. Whether you're a Christian, non-Christian, everyone out there is worshiping. Watch the soccer. Watch the rugby last night. Watch the whatever, whatever sport. People really are passionate to worship. Colossians 1 verse 16 to 18 says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show his handiwork. You know, if we just read the Psalms, we say everything, the trees of the field, they clap their hands, the mountains leap like deer before him. There's such beautiful scriptures that even nature worships. And you and I have to decide what are, what, what are we going to worship? Because you know? um, if we just have a Sunday Christianity, we're in trouble. If we just have an intellectual Christianity, we're in trouble. Because uh, God doesn't understand any other type of worship than giving everything. That's how God yeah, uh, expects us to worship, which is impossible. It's impossible to worship God without God helping you to worship Him. But the amazing thing is God is not, you know, He's not a selfish being. We can't add anything to Him when we worship because the best thing for you is to worship Him. <laughs> if you worship yourself or you worship other people, you're in trouble. Because they're going to take something from you. God doesn't take something from us when we worship Him. So worship is our response to what we value the most. The thing that takes the highest priority in my life. It's a response to who God is and what He has done. You know? So you have to ask the question, where does your time, your affection, your energy, your money go? The scripture says, where my treasure is, there my heart is also. If you and I say, well, yeah, I worship God, we, we all say that, and I've been challenged, I'm just preaching as to what God has been convicting me of, it's like, oh, we, what do you talk about the most? What do you think about the most? What do you plan for the most? And um, uh, that is a big challenge, because if we're really honest, maybe Jesus isn't completely Lord of our lives. No, no, but, but I, I, I enjoy nature, you know, so every weekend I go on all my hiking trips and all my cycling trips and all that stuff, but I plan so much of my life in that direction. The question is just, do we spend exactly the same time in our relationship with God? And if we're really honest, we have to say, sorry, no, you know. Uh, so we went to uh, KZN in this 
um, small community, which is, I love smaller communities because it's this farm community. There's a church on the farm. There's a beautiful pastor. And I, I, I must be honest, I saw a community that is so involved with each other, that love each other, pray, you know, raise up each other's kids and all of that stuff. And it was actually a funny moment. So now we, this one person that organized the whole week for us, and they really got us busy the week. We worked at creches and lots of stuff and just were ministering to all the schools. And so this one girl says, like, we, we're going to go up to this place, you know. Uh, it's called a place called Bum Slide, you know. So I'm thinking, like, Bum Slide, because this is amazing, you know. So we drive up there, up the mountain, and I have this expectation that this is going to be the greatest moment. With the whole week, we've worked hard, and now we have this morning off. We're going to go and do this fun activity, you know. So eventually, we get there, and there's this big stone with some water flowing over it, and I'm thinking, like, is this this? You know, is, is this it? You know, <laughs> everybody's been talking about how much fun this is, and the water was ice cold, freezing. You know, it was just crazy. So everybody goes up there, everybody sort of enjoys themselves. And I'm thinking, like, wow, if you tell somebody in Cape Town or in Stellenbosch that's the event of the week, you know, most people think, like, what? Yeah, because that's really all there is in that community to do, you know. Um, but then came the challenge because I realized in our community here, we have so much to do. Every weekend we can do so many things, so many places we can go. But maybe we are opting out for a superficial relationship with God and with each other because we have so many nice things to do. Where does your time, affection, energy money, what do you spend it on? Because lots of people say, yo, you know, I'm already planning for next year, June. I'm already planning for that because I really have, and you know, God will understand <laughs> because we must also have fun, you know, and I'm not against fun and I'm not against nature and I'm not against watching sport and all of that stuff. But truly in the West, are we really worshiping God with our lives? It's a tough one, where my treasure is, there my heart will be also. Our purpose, we've been made to create, to worship God, is to know God and declare His worth. What do you value the most? Whatever you worship, you imitate, and whatever you imitate, you will become. You will reflect. And so a lot of Christians in the West, you know, we're silent about Christianity. We're silent about declaring who Jesus is, because maybe Jesus is boring to us. Maybe Jesus has just become a part of a couple of songs we sing. But are we willing to make that reset, that shift to say, okay, Jesus, but if I say you're number one, then be number one. But also in my calendar, also in my relationships, in everything I do, I want to worship you. Because whatever you worship, you imitate, you will become. You know, we had a, we had a First Peter 2 verse 9, let me just read that. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priest to the holy nation, his own special people, that you may do what? Proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know, um, <clears throat> I have some friends in Pakistan, you know, and this pastor and him and his friends, I've told this story long ago, I don't know if I ever told it in the past, but so. Um, they're driving uh, in Karachi, and so they're organizing this big outreach. And uh, they were, I think they were all between the ages of 21 and 23, and they're so excited about the kingdom of God, but 
um, they were just praying together and they say, Lord, please give us a sign that we are called for Pakistan, for Karachi to minister there. Hello, Mia Beth. George, he wants to come and preach. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so, um, so what happens is they, they say, Lord, give us a sign that we are called to Karachi. Yeah. And uh, so they do get a sign that evening after they've prayed the morning together because they're busy organizing this outreach. So they drive on a big road going back after the organ, organiz, organizational stuff there to do the evening. And so they come back and the next moment a big truck, like a pickup, a bucket comes in front of them, stops, one at the back. And in front of them, six guys jump out with AK-47s. At the back, three jump out, take out the AK-47s and begins to shoot at the car that the four of them are sitting in. So he says he had closed his eyes and he realized, okay, he's going to go to heaven. He's going to go to, you know, the, the paving with gold and go into his mansion right now. And he says the bullets start to fly through the roof, first through the window, then through the roof, just shattering everything and he sits there and, and he feels the shrapnel and the stuff coming against his body. And he realizes, okay, he's going to die now. And it, it just goes, goes, goes. And they just shoot. After a while, he hears and then he listens. And guys jump in the car and there they go again. Or in the bucket, there they go again. He opens up his eyes and says, like, this is weird because he can smell everything and everything. The car is shot to pieces. The gear lever between the two front guys are gone. So it's, it's like the car, you can't drive the car anymore. And um, the four of them, not one bullet hit any of them. And so the guy at the back says, Lord, I thank you for the sign we are called to Karachi, you know? So you think like, wow. I wonder what our signs would look like. No, Lord, give me a million bucks in my bank account, and then I'll serve you. Lord, bless me, and then I'll serve you, you know? So the church in the, in the Middle East, they operate a bit different when it comes to signs. So be careful what you pray for, you know? But the crazy part is, you know, why is there such a divide between the church in the West and the church in the Middle East that is growing profoundly and profusely? There's God is moving in Iran. He's moving in India. He's moving in places in a, in a way that we have not seen unprecedentedly. God is moving and God is doing stuff. And the church in the West has sort of lost its, it's, lost its oomph. It's lost its, its strength. It's become discouraged, weary. Why? Because maybe we've built a lot of our worship around the wrong stuff. But he's called you to not just sing songs. And that's why there are two aspects of worship. To bow before, to reverence, to adore, and then with that, to serve with your life. You can't just sing words and say, I am worshiping the Lord. I'm putting in a CD and that's worship. That's good. Very little to do with worship, probably 1% is the songs we sing. So I'm, 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 I want us to make a bit of a shift in our lives. All of your work is worship, your relationships, the way you treat your wife, your children. Everything in your life is to reverence God and to serve Him by also serving people around you. Suddenly you become a worshiper because you realize like, wow, for me the privilege to have a work in this time is an amazing blessing. For me, the privilege to have a car. Do you know if you have three pairs of shoes in your cupboard, then you are the, one of the most privileged of the privileged in the world. If you have your own car, you are one of the most amazing 
not amazing, but the most privileged people in the world. If you, and, and yet, why do we get distracted? Because we sometimes compare ourselves with people around us. <laughs> oh, this other guy living over there, he just bought a new model, you know? And oh, this other lady over there, you know, she, she goes overseas holidays. Not that that happens anymore, but in any case, you know, it's like, whoa, you know, we, we compete with the Joneses and we compete with the Joneses in us and the, every other in us, you know. And the problem comes, and this is a tough one. The problem comes because we have idols in our hearts. Psalm 96 says it, For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all the gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Now, I can almost spend a whole day just on that scripture. God is great and greatly to be praised. If you meet God, your response is worship. You praise God. The fear of God is in the center of our worship because we reverence Him. It's not about our feelings. It's not about what you're going through. It's not about your next breakthrough. It's not about all the bad stuff that's happening. I'm not belittling that, but God is worthy to be worshiped. He's worthy to be praised. <laughs> yeah. And he says, all the other gods of the peoples are idols because we're going to see what, what is an idol. But he says, honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. And we get bored with God. We don't have strength. Why? Because maybe we don't always come into his sanctuary. Is it a bit tough this morning because people are staring at me and they're like, oh, uh, See, this morning as an invitation, I really feel God invites us. He's inviting the church, and you have to decide. There's a massive shaking in the church because he's inviting you to become a worshiper. He's inviting me to become a worshiper. He says, come out from where you are. Come and see those things even in your own heart as idols because anything we place above the Lord Jesus Christ is an idol. There's an idol in our heart. Anything we place above our devotion, just go to the next slides. Devotion to Jesus, something or someone you cannot live without. It can also be a pe person. It can also be your relationships, your marriage can become an idol. Anything you place above the Lord Jesus Christ, your responsibilities can become an idol. It's not just negative things. You know, when I went to India, I remember going up the Ganges River because there's millions of people worshiping, millions of uh, they have, what, four, six million gods, you know, temples all onto that river. And I was driving in that little Mahindra up there, like, you know, and just everything felt like it was going to shake out of its place. And so, and I saw all these temples and I was thinking like, wow, these people have a lot of idols. And I'll never forget it. The Holy Spirit said to me, these are idols you can see, but the idols in the West, it's much bigger. The idols of our hearts. Anything it can become your doctrine. It can become your intellectual pursuit. It can become your church. Something you spend most of your passion, energy on that gives you hope, meaning, identity, and happiness. So God is shaking this world that we're living in. He's shaking the church and he's allowing it to happen. Why? Because he wants to expose the idols in our hearts. Sure. Is that tough? I just want to share the truth. 
And what does he want out of that? He's not like, oh, he's this condemning man that just, oh, I'm, you must worship me, otherwise you. He says, come. I, I want to show you more. I want to give you strength. I want to give you beauty. I want, I want to show you the beauty of his holiness. That's what scripture says. And so, you know, what is some of our modern day idols, gods of beauty, power, money, and achievement, our social activities, our families sometimes, our desire for a spouse, our food, our clothing, you know. Oh, I'm, I'm, you know? And, and I know we all have a need for those things, but it's almost like the Lord is saying, are, are you willing to be content with where you are, you know? Especially this new generation coming up. I, probably one of the biggest conversations I was talking to somebody in this week, you know, and the guy says, like, yo, yo, you know, I'm working at this place, and I've just been working for a year and a half, but, but I, I just feel God has got something new for me, you know, I'm, I'm a bit bored here right now, I need to move on, I'm thinking like, what? You've been working here for a year and a half, and you've got this great job that most of the people want to, you know, would desire to have, but, but you just want to move on to the next thing, you know? Why is that? Because we've become consumers, why is that? Because we, we want to be comfortable. So, so some of those idols, ooh, listen to this, Colossians 3 verse 5. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So the question again is, who do we love? trust and obey we end up serving or worshiping what we love hope for trust and obey the question is why do you wake up what makes you wake up every day what's that thing in your heart and the the invitation is god wants to release a new song over the church god wants to release something in your heart that is so much deeper than just the comfort the nice things the conspiracy theories we hang on to the things because there's so many things that are can distract us and it's going to get worse it's going to get more and that's why if we have eyes on him eyes like uh, a, a face like flint before him face that are focused that's what david prayed he says god unite my heart so that i can fear your name he said god unite everything take away the distractions so that i can worship you Take away the things, Lord, that want to steal that and say, no, there's no joy in your presence. Because the Bible says in his presence, there is fullness of joy. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? There's a joy you and I can tap into that God wants to give us. But if you look at the world right now, you're going to become very unhappy. If you're going to look at little breakthroughs here and there, and that is going to give you joy. I tell you, it's, it's not going to work. It's like almost the Lord is squashing the, the orange a bit and say, let's see what juice comes out. <laughs> you know, if you squash the Christian, do you get Christ coming out? Or do you get like all negative stuff coming out, yeah? And so lots of people say, no, no, if COVID just goes away, then things are going to go better. No, <laughs> we're missing the point. <laughs> it's time to worship the Lord. It's time to give ourselves. And, and yeah, but you, know, you don't know the things I'm going through, you know. But what are the challenges, you know? Comfort, complacency, consumerism, our culture, compromise. Those are the things that are keeping us, and, and, and the Lord wants to shake it. The Lord wants to redefine what worship is. Let Him tell you if He's pleased with your worship, with your life with Him. Don't let people around you tell you. Ask Him. Just ask Him a question. It's, it's very shocking. I asked Him a couple of weeks ago, Lord, are you pleased with my life? 
with my worship. Woo. Ready for heart surgery. <laughs> Open heart surgery. No, Lord, you know, you're a little bit here. You know, this is sanctification process, you know, all that stuff. But the Lord says, come, I want to show you because the greatest thing you can have, the greatest reward is God's presence in your life. It's that moment when you wake up in the morning and all, some of your prayers were not answered, but you can worship the Lord because, hey, you know who he is. He's great and greatly to be praised. You have an eternal perspective. You have an ability to move beyond your circumstances or just the next motivational talk or the next motivational encouragement um, church service that you go to because somebody psychs you up and you feel good about yourself and you go on with life. No, there's a joy. There's something much deeper God gives through his Holy Spirit to the believer that says yes to that in his life now. And, and it's not, there's no in-between. You're going to either be in the flesh and the spirit of duvet is going to be all over you all day. Or you're going to say, Lord, now's the time for me to become sharp in the spirit. Now's the time for me to begin to pray. Now's the time for me, Lord, but I can't do it in my own strength. Holy Spirit, come and give me a hunger for God. Give me a thirst for his righteousness. Lord, I want to be part of that generation that sees Jesus coming back. I want to be part of those the, those group of virgins, the, their lamps were full. <laughs> they, they had more than enough and they were ready because, hey, people got tired 12 o'clock and the bridegroom didn't come. <laughs> but some were ready. Some were focused. Some realized that worship is much more than just like, hey, I've got a nice lamp. This little lamp of mine, full of oily, I'm going to let it shine. Da -na -na -na, you know? It wasn't about that. It wasn't about the song. It was about the freedom because we encountered God. Because we knew, we know the presence of God. We know the fullness of that joy of knowing Him. And you know, every day is a decision. It's not like, hey, oh, you know, you're quite chippy because you drank a cup of coffee this morning. You know? A coffee a day keeps the flesh away, you know. No, it's about the joy of God, the fullness of joy. You can enter into a joy that even when it's hard, you can worship God. Isn't that what we see in the book of Acts? Paul and Silas, the guys, you know, locked up in prison, and they just go on their knees, and they start to worship God. The prison doors open up, and they don't even realize the prison doors has opened up. You know, I would have like, whoo, <laughs> here it comes, you know. Look here, our breakthrough is here. Come on, Silas, let's pack up. Let's go. Let's run, forest run, you know, out of there. <laughs> no, 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 no. They keep on worshiping, and then they minister to all the people in the prison. Say, so, hey, the God who opened this door, you know, it's not about the breakthrough. It's about knowing him. He's powerful. He's great. Greatly to be praised. Wow. That's a different way of living. Because you don't just run to the next breakthrough. Some people say, oh, Lord, I, I, you know, I, I feel I need to get out of South Africa right now, you know. I have a calling to Canada. Now, nothing wrong with going to Canada. But please don't go to Canada unless God has told you to go. Otherwise, you're going to end up in trouble because your troubles and your fears are going to go with you to Canada. God told me to stay, and I will stay until he says go, you know. Told me, you're going to be in Stellenbosch. I remember telling my, my, my wife, Louise, one day, oh, we're going to be here for a short time, you know. This is, this is just a, like a Stellenbosch. is just a stepping stone for us to go to the nations, you know. And uh, that's what's beautiful about being married, you know. You listen to your wife, husbands, many times, you know. And she just looked over the table and she says, we're going to be in Stellenbosch for a very long time. My thoughts was, get behind me. 
sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's been many years coming and going, yeah? More than 25 years since we sat around that table. Said we're going to be in Stellenbosch for a long time. For God, it's a short time. Yes, we, we, we have to have a different perspective. If I think of Jesus' life, 30 years, and there's only one verse that really tells us what happened in those 30, 30 years. Luke chapter 2, verse 52, and he grew in stature. He grew in favor with God and favor with people. One verse telling us what happened in 30 years while Jesus made tables. And then in three years, and he stood up in that temple and he read that scripture. He says, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I've come, I'm filled with the spirit. I've come to set the captives free. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to bring liberty to those who are oppressed. Come to declare the year of Jubilee. Today the scripture is fulfilled. It's as if he's reading it today here in this place. That Jesus, same Jesus is here, same Jesus that heals, same Jesus that delivers, same Jesus that does miracles. He's here today. Because today, that scripture is fulfilled. I've came, come to set the captives free. The world is taken captive by fear. The world is taken captive. And we as the church cannot play church, church anymore because we have nice sermons. We have nice like, oh, you know, I've read through the book of Colossians, and that's amazing, you know? No, no. What's the fruit of your life? Is there power of your salvation? Do you see people change? Who are you discipling? What's happening around your life? Because it's the most exciting time to live. It's the time where God is stretching out his hand. What I'm seeing in the world today, all over, it is crazy. Just looking at what happened there in Natal, it's just amazing. God is ready, but he's waiting for you and I. And we can throw pity parties and we can like, oh, you know, I'm because God does not. Or you can say like, hey, I read the scripture. Father, whatever I see in scripture, I want it in my life because I've never lost my hunger. That's what Joshua and Caleb did. You know, Caleb came around and says, I'm stronger now when he was 80 when, than what I was here the first time when I came around because everyone died around Joshua and Caleb. Some people are dying spiritually. Are you going to allow that in your heart as well? Are you going to just like, oh, you know. And unfortunately, I'm going to say something a bit controversial. God will allow it. God will allow a whole generation to stay in the wilderness. It's not his heart, but he will do that. But the Joshua and the Caleb's, do you know what? Caleb said, I'm 80 years now. 40 years we've been in the wilderness. Imagine 40 years in the wilderness. And the one thing Caleb says, I'm stronger now than what I was the first time. So Joshua says, okay, you're ready. Go take that mountain. Caleb says, we're going to go. It. Me and my, my tribe, give us the highest mountain. We're going to conquer it. Because I saw that mountain the first time, and I know what God has said. He's given us a promised land. With giants massive giants. What did the other guys see? They saw themselves as grasshoppers in light of those giants. But Joshua and Caleb saw themselves in light of what God said about them and what the promised, man mean, promised land meant to God. And they heard what Moses said. Moses said, Lord, if you don't go with us, we're not going in because your presence is more important than the breakthrough. 
Sure. That's what worship boils down to. Do you worship God because you've got a breakthrough? Or do you worship God because you want a breakthrough? Or do you worship God because He is great and greatly to be praised? Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.